Welcome to Writing the Past, a space where historical fiction writers share their experiences and advice on bringing the past to life. I'm your host, Isla Finn. Hello everyone and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad to have you here. To get started, I'll introduce myself and I'll share what this podcast is all about. I'll then jump into three things I've learned from writing my own historical fiction novel before sharing what you can expect from upcoming episodes. So first off, to introduce myself, my name is Isla Finn and I live with my husband in Paris, where I work as a content writer. I've always loved reading historical fiction and eight years ago I started writing a novel of my own set in the medieval era. This year I'm finally wrapping up the final edits and getting ready to query it. But the writing journey, I guess, I guess it can be lonely and historical fiction especially can have its own unique challenges. So there were moments when I was wondering things like, is anyone else having a problem with researching this era? Or how do I make this setting seem real? Or do other writers feel like imposters sometimes? And so many other things. So that's why I've started this podcast. I want to spend time with other historical fiction writers and find out their thoughts and advice on bringing the past to life. So this show is particularly for anyone who is writing historical fiction. But even if you're just curious about the genre or you love reading it, or you want to meet some incredible writers and get inspired, then it's amazing to have you with us. Or if you just stumbled across here and you want to join us for the ride, <laughs> then you of course are also welcome. Each episode will feature a different historical fiction author as a guest. Some of them are already published while others are still writing away, but each of them has something meaningful to share about historical storytelling and all that it entails. We'll explore everything from creating realistic historical characters, to organising your research, to launching your first novel, to finding a writing routine that works for you, and so many more things. We'll chat to people who write full-time, as well as those who are trying to fit it in around family and work commitments, and everyone in between. There are stories from people who are still in the query trenches, along with others who have already found publishing success, with their books spanning across history. But before we launch into our first conversation with the wonderful writer Bethany Hudson in the next episode, I just wanted to take some time to share some of the things I've personally learned from my own eight-year journey, in the hope that it might resonate with you too. Also, that way you'll get to know me a bit better before we jump into conversations with other writers in the next episodes. So, my debut novel is set in the 12th century and it tells the story of a brother and a sister who run away from war-torn England and become caught up in the Second Crusade, which takes them to the ends of the known world. Now, the idea for the story came for me when I was 17 years old, so naturally this means that as I matured over the years, the, the novel also evolved, so that today it is almost unrecognisable from those pages I wrote as a teenager. I don't know if anyone else finds their story can develop quite drastically between drafts, but I think for me it was especially the case simply because of my age. But I'm so grateful for the groundwork I did put in when I was that young because it laid a great foundation for me now that I'm older. So if you are a younger writer just starting out, my advice to you is just keep going. You're laying the foundation for something magical, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. Anyway, so over the course of those eight years, I learned a lot of things about writing historical fiction and three things in particular stand out to me now. 
The first thing I learned is that when it comes to research and storyline, the story comes first. So I don't know, does does anyone else feel terrified of getting something wrong in their novel? I know for me personally, I often have visions of my book being published and then someone calling me out on social media for it being historically inaccurate. And then I imagine everyone denouncing me, my book never sells, and I have to change my name to escape the shame of it. <laughs> now, of course, this is, well, this is just me catastrophizing, but but this fear has often left me agonizing over minute details and doing huge information dumps to make sure that everything is absolutely spot on. And the problem with this is that although, yes, accuracy is important to create that sense of authenticity in a historical novel, if you lay it on too thick and don't integrate it enough with the plot, it comes out less like a story and more like an academic paper. <laughs> so I did this in one of my earlier drafts where I forced every single event into the novel, even if it slowed down the plot, uh, just for the sake of making sure I portrayed the Second Crusade exactly as it happened. Of course, having a thorough research process was essential, otherwise my story wouldn't have been taken seriously. But reading back, I saw how much it slowed down the story to include every single detail. So instead, rather than devoting whole chapters to events that slowed down the novel, I paraphrased them in one or two paragraphs to keep the story moving along. That way, I wasn't losing any accuracy, but I wasn't sending the reader to sleep either. So if you're unsure how to integrate your research into the story in a way that feels natural, try to think of ways your characters can experience it firsthand. For example, if, I don't know, if there's a war going on, rather than giving the whole context straight away, you could have your characters chance across a battlefield where you can see the fallen banners of the two sides and they slowly piece together what's happening in real time. This is much more mysterious and exciting compared to if you give the reader all the information straight away. Ultimately, historical fiction writing is about storytelling, so that should really be the top priority. And if you do feel you've taken liberties with some of the history, then you can always leave an author's note and or you can list some further reading for people who want to dig deeper into the history so that you've covered all bases. But at the end of the day, it's really the story that comes first. And that's what separates historical fiction writers from historians because we're storytellers first and foremost. The second thing I learned when writing my historical fiction novel is that imposter syndrome is so real, but it can be overcome. I think a lot of writers can experience symptoms of imposter syndrome, this feeling that you're a fraud, that you can't pull this thing off, and that one day people will discover how unworthy you are. Writing is a solitary activity and you're trapped in your own head for hours, days, weeks at a time. So it's really normal for those thoughts to creep in. And I feel like this can be especially true when writing historical fiction, because you also have the weight of all the research on your shoulders. You're expected to become an expert in the era you're writing about, which can feel like a really massive burden and make you feel underqualified. So for me, my novel spans across several different medieval civilizations, and there were times when I was honestly questioning whether I had bitten off more than I could chew, whether I should give up because I don't have a PhD in medieval history, for example. So the imposter syndrome was, and still is sometimes, very real for me. But there's a couple of things that help me when I'm experiencing this. So first, I accept that my novel will never reach the level of perfection I imagine in my head. It's impossible. No matter how hard I work, there will always be something that could be improved, always something that could have been worded better, and so on. And that is okay. 
I once saw this cartoon and it showed like two shops side by side. One was called the Good Enough Shop and it was open with lots of customers going in and out. It looked really active, thriving, busy, a real hub. Next to it was a shop named The Perfect Shop and it was all boarded up with zero activity and a sign saying, coming soon over the door. The point being, if you wait for something to be perfect, you'll never actually produce anything. <laughs> so now I don't strive for my novel to be perfect. I just want it to be good enough, like, like that shop in the cartoon, because then at least I'm moving forward. Secondly, I remember that even if I feel as if my novel is no good, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Feelings are subjective, and when we've been staring at the same book for years on end without an extra pair of eyes, it's easy to assume that it's all a load of rubbish. So that's why it's so important to share the manuscripts with people we trust and get a fresh pair of eyes. They can highlight our blind spots, but they can also build us up and show us that actually the book isn't so bad after all. And finally, I try to celebrate every victory, no matter how small. So if I hit 10,000 words or if I manage to push through a difficult scene, I try to pause and sort of, without sounding too cheesy, I try to honour that moment um, because that, I guess that positive self-talk really helps to silence my inner critic. So if you're experiencing negative thoughts about your novel, try to replace them with encouragement. For example, if you're thinking, oh, this book is so badly researched, why not replace it with something like, I did the best research I could for this draft and I can't wait to build on it in the next version. And slowly your perspective will start to shift. The last thing I learned when writing my historical novel is to be patient. Over time, I realised that writing comes in seasons and it's impossible to be 100% productive with it all the time inspiration comes and goes, life will get in the way. Sometimes you have to pause and focus on some research and all of this takes time and it can easily add up into months and years. I used to feel frustrated about this. I wished I could snap my fingers and magically bring my novel into existence. But when I spoke to my husband about it, he said, but Isla, you're already living your dream of being a writer now. You're writing your novel and bringing it into existence. So why not I don't know, slow down and enjoy the process. And I realised he was so right. I was already writing and if I couldn't enjoy this part, then when would I enjoy it? So although this is something I'm still getting the hang of, I'm trying to be patient. Historical fiction writing can be especially time consuming. So the best thing is just to embrace the process and take it day by day and have fun with it. So those are the three key things that I've learned from writing this novel to prioritise the story that imposter syndrome can be a thing but it can be also be overcome and finally just to embrace the process and be patient with it and have fun with it. So my plans for the novel now are to finish the final edits and then start the querying process. I feel nervous because well I've put so much into it but and the process can be so brutal so I'm trying to emotionally prepare myself for that. I'm a perfectionist by nature and so it's really hard for me to say when a project is good enough and to let it go. But at the same time, I've given it eight years of my life. And so this feels like the right time to move on. I have other books to write. There's a story in post-Renaissance Sicily that's been on my mind for the last year. And so this feels like the right time to, I guess, send my first book out into the world and work on the second in the meantime. That way I don't drive myself up the wall in the waiting period. Otherwise, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really bad at waiting. So it helps to have a new project to keep me occupied. So that's me right now, and I'm just so pleased to be meeting with you on this podcast. 
Moving forwards in each episode, I'll be speaking with a different historical fiction writer to hear their insights. Full disclosure, I am totally new to podcast editing and interviewing, so this will be a great learning experience for me, and I'll do my best to get the hang of things as quickly as I can. (laughs) So to start with, the plan is to release one new episode every month. I balance my writing with a full-time job, so I need to podcast at a frequency where I can ensure that, I guess, each episode is valuable and useful without stretching myself too thinly at the same time. But of course, if I can release a bonus episode here and there, then I will. I've also just launched a blog for historical fiction lovers on my website at islafin.com. That's I-S-L-A-F-Y-N-N. You can also follow me on Instagram under the username isla.fin underscore, where I post silly reels about the writing process, and I also share blog and podcast updates. So if you'd like to keep in touch, that's where you can find me. The next podcast episode will be with Bethany Hudson, exploring how acting has shaped her as a writer why it's so important to truly empathise with your historical characters and the advice she would give to herself when she was just starting out as a historical fiction writer. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been great to share a little bit about myself and my writing and I hope you'll join Bethany and I in the next episode. Mm -hmm.